Whisper Nation, football's back, and so are the Fantasy Whispers here, giving you our rankings reaction for week one of the 2019 NFL season. Let's get it. Yes, we're back again. We're back again. Here, let's pump up the volume. Right here. What's up, Whisper Nation? It is Thursday, September 5th, and you're listening to episode 73 of the Fantasy Whispers with your hosts, Big Travi, Johnny Game Time Hicks, and me, Austin Sear. If you want to follow the show, you can do so on Twitter at TF Whispers. You can also find us on YouTube and Instagram at The Fantasy Whispers, and you should definitely visit the website, thefantasywhispers.com. We have articles, latest episodes, and of course, our rankings. New for 2019, we have our Patreon account, so head on over to patreon.com and search The Fantasy Whispers to check us out. Woo, that's it, boys. We're back. We are back. Oh, man, back it feels in the so saddle. good. Hey, and guess what? We get to talk about real football. It's not, hey, draft this guy. What round would you take this guy? We have our teams. We all have our – well, the majority of people have – have our team. And if you haven't, head on over to fantasywhispers.com. You can still get our draft kit if you're waiting till the very last moment to draft. Boys, I did that one time, and it was not good. It was the Green Bay Packers game versus the Denver Broncos, and it was the one where Peyton Manning started off his massive touchdown tear. And, uh, yeah, so we were debating on what kind of people get started. It was horrible. Horrible. Don't do that. Awesome. What's the earliest you've ever, or the the latest you've ever draft? I did a draft last night, actually. Okay. Oh. So, so a couple that's days good. before. That's um, I think the, the I think the day before is probably the latest I've ever done it. And to be honest, I'm not I'm not opposed to those kinds of situations. It gives you all the information on the table. I like to make my decisions with as much available information as possible. I'm not a big wild card fan. I know some folks out there are not me. Um, and then you just don't have to wait. It's like, be sure to plug your lineup in because the game is starting in less than 24 hours. Johnny, do you have any argument in favor of drafting early? We always preach on the show to draft late as late as possible. Like Austin just said, he hit that point on, you know, he hit it home there. Any argument you can make for drafting a little bit early as we had for this week one? I mean, it would be, if you're listening to us, we've been feeding you gems all off season. So like, dude, we, I mean, we did a dynasty league, and that was three weeks ago. And even then, there were a ton of gems that were going deeper in leagues that would probably change now. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that's the one upside, right? You get way better values for guys, uh, you know, that tend to not have, you know, hit that massive wave of, you know, all those good stories coming out, all those articles and, and beat writers, you know, pumping up guys. So that that is the one nice thing, but I don't really like that much. I don't like that that too much. Chubb in the second round. What? Yeah, yeah. Hey, I mean, yeah, little dynasty happened. shout out here for our man Austin. That is probably a benefit of drafting a little early. Little ADP value you could get. Your Darius guys, your Chris Carson's, your Josh Gordon's. Yeah, some guys that really yeah. fluctuated. Um, either way, guys, today we're talking about our rankings. So this is going to be a rankings reaction show. This year, we wanted to do a little bit different for you, Whisper Nation. Last year, we previewed every single game. We talked about all the big wigs. We got you pumped for that week, and we love doing it. And you guys enjoyed the show, but we found something we think is going to help you guys out a little bit more. 
we're going to dive into some of the guys that we differ on, some of the guys that we're against the grain on in the industry, some guys that you're really debating between. Not just these RB1s that you know you're going to start, but the RB2s, the RB3s, the guys you can really dive deep into and the ones you're really racking your brain on. So we brought Austin along for this year. We're really excited to bring him along. You may recognize him from either our mock draft episodes or he is, of course, the host of The Wisp Perspective, which the first one is debuting this week. So by the time you're hearing this, you may have already downloaded, press smash on that YouTube, subscribe, and get that beautiful Wisp Perspective from Austin each and every week. But before we jump into this episode, Johnny, we got to dive into some news and notes from around the NFL. And those, of course, are every week brought to us by our sponsor, Fanatic. That's F-A-N-A-T-I-Q. That's where fantasy meets IQ. Fanatic has done some amazing work to their app this offseason, including adding articles, podcast episodes from yours truly, player stats, and beat writer updates all within their app. So head on over to the App Store on your Apple device and download those boys today. We love the Fanatic app. They do great work. But we can't bury the lead here, boys. Ezekiel Elliott gets signed to a six-year $90 million contract extension, mega bucks here for Ezekiel Elliott. Was there ever really any doubt here? No. No. I mean, yeah. Well, so I mean, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah, I think I think the problem here was is that Jerry Jones kind of flexed uh, nuts, for lack of a better word, than uh, a lot with Zeke this offseason, something I didn't foresee happening. I kind of foresaw this deal getting done maybe he drug it out but he was very active in the media um so that was the difference on the flip side in that same dallas offense johnny amari cooper was a full participant in wednesday's practice so the plantar fascia maybe no problem anymore um i mean it's always going to come and go he talked about this before he said you know some weeks because he has played with this before so you know it could flare up some weeks and then other weeks it could be fine it'll be a week to week this was another reason why i was not high on amari cooper in draft season but if he's on your team know that you will have to have alternatives because it could flare up at any moment and it becomes like a pain tolerance thing at that point one of the reasons why we preach to to put a bunch of depth on your uh, on your. One thing I'll throw out about him there though is, if he was on the Patriots, we wouldn't even know about any kind of injury situation going on with him. Yeah, this is one of those. I was looking into this injury a little bit, and this is going to be one of those things that it's not going to cause any long term problems. He's not going to break his foot if he plays on it or risk further damaging. It's just his heel is going to hurt, and it's something that uh, uh people get sometimes. But I just think it's an interesting thing to note that. During the NFL season, none of your guys are going to stay healthy. Yeah, right, right. even if they're even if they're not on the injury report, they're playing professional football. They're yeah. getting hurt. So. Yeah, exactly. Speaking of injuries, we've got one, or well, maybe not anymore, with Cam Newton, who was listed or not listed. Sorry, forgive me on the Week One injury report. So for me, guys, I just love that Cam's ready to rock and roll to start the year. They put him in a boot real quick. We're very cautious with him, and then they've said for the last couple of weeks he's going to be fine. Here he is, ready to rock and roll in that matchup against the Rams. One of my favorite matchups for this week. And Another they, guy, uh, big Travi, oh. to add on that. They even said that you know the Cam Newton injury, if this were were to happen during the regular season, he would have played the very next week. So you could be confident starting Cam Newton this week. Also, he just attempted a Guinness Book of World Records for completing the most one-handed catches in sixty seconds. Oh, so, wow. um, was he you successful? know factored in your PPR record? Yeah. 
And not Tom Brady's not the only quarterback trying for PPR points this not year. <laughs> All right. So Stefan Diggs is a guy who's perennially on the injury report and lands up there again today. Stefan Diggs with a hamstring did not participate Wednesday. He was on the field, but he was the only Vikings player not to run in uniform. Uh, so we've got to be looking here at this situation. Look, this has been the knock on Diggs. He could be elite. He could be next level as long as he stayed on the field. And here we are yet again with another soft tissue issue. Uh, I'm just not very excited about this. This outlook for Diggs is a player I love. And I will say that my change of heart player of, of this offseason was Adam Thielen who I was ranking behind Diggs consistently in the offseason. But as the offseason ended, it was Thielen who jumped Diggs for me. And I and I lock and load on Thielen, especially if Diggs miss, misses time. Uh, so the next bit of news we have here is Melvin Gordon. Uh, according to Monday morning quarterbacks Albert Breal, the Eagles offered Jordan Howard and a swap of mid-round picks to the Chargers in exchange for holdout Melvin Gordon. Unreal. Poor Jordan Howard is just constantly... <laughs> Like tossed to the trash well, bin. Not only that, becoming that new Carlos Hyde. Hey, not only that, but <laughs> yeah. think about it. Think about this. Like they got Jordan Howard for like a seventh rounder. That's like a contingency to like could be a sixth. So then it's like, oh, I'm giving up a. You would trade a sixth rounder for Melvin Gordon, but then it was like the Chargers decided, oh no, like all of a sudden. Uh, Melvin Gordon, you're worth a, a first rounder and a fifth rounder or something like that, and yet they won't pay him as if. That's how much those guys make. It doesn't make any sense. Get it together, Chargers. Please get it together. Unreal. <laughs> Johnny sounds like a guy who might be rostering Melvin Gordon in maybe a couple Maybe spend weeks. an early yeah. round pick on it. Uh, it maybe. Sounds maybe. like he might have. Yeah. Uh, Robbie Anderson was a guy who was plagued with a little bit of a calf injury at the end of the offseason. Looks like he's practicing, ready to go. Uh, should be good to go. Uh, he will be up against Tredavious White, though, against Buffalo this week. So kind of... Maybe be fading Robbie Anderson this week. Tredavious White is no joke uh, when it comes to cover corners in the league. Sticking with those Eagles, or back to the Eagles, I should say, Deshaun Jackson uh, was confirmed by Coach Doug Peterson that he will play week one against the Redskins. I love this. A little bit of a revenge game narrative here for Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson back to Philly. Really pumped for Deshaun Jackson this year, and I think it could start as early as week one. And then our last bit of news, Johnny, I'll let you talk about this. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. was confirmed by his coach, Freddie Kitchens, that he will be ready to go week one against the Titans. You know, just because you were probably worried about benching uh, OBJ this week, right? No, I was never really worried about it. Uh, I figured they were just doing this because of what we saw. Uh, was it last year or the year before where OBJ almost – uh, got significantly injured uh, playing in a preseason game. And so I think they're just doing this for precautionary reasons anyway. So I was never in doubt of OBJ starting week one. I remember right that preseason game was actually Giants against the Browns. So that's kind of ah, very interesting. Little nugget there for you guys. Anyways, uh, those were our news and notes brought to you by Fanatic. Uh, once again, you can win the week, win your league, win the year with Fanatic, F A N A T I Q only on the Apple App Store. Okay, uh, we are ready to rock and roll with our ranking show. As talked about at the top of the show, we brought Austin on board. We said, Austin, dig a little bit into our rankings. Show us what you're seeing when you read the tea leaves. And then let's talk about these guys together 
and see if Whisper Nation is, is racking their brains on these kind of decisions. Right. And so I'm coming at these rankings the same way Whisper Nation or Adam Rank, new part of the nation, yeah, is yeah. looking at these ones. And that's seeing these, taking a look and maybe seeing a couple of guys that stood out as being ranked higher or lower than you might typically expect. Now, we're not going to talk about any of the obvious calls, as you mentioned, such as Travis Kelsey being at the top of the list for tight ends or Saquon Barkley or Alvin Kamara being at the top for the running backs. But some of those guys who you might not have expected to be as high or some of the names you expected to be up there a little bit lower. Let's work through those names and find what the reasoning and the methodology behind that was. Perfect. I love it. So yeah. essentially, uh, Austin is the judge, jury, and executioner of our rankings here. Right. And so we're on the stand, Johnny. So let's defend these rankings and see what we can do here. The first one that we see here, we're talking about tight ends. And I saw number six, Jimmy Graham, week one at Chicago. I don't have a problem with this ranking. It's just that Jimmy Graham is available on a lot of waiver wires yeah. right now. I know this because I have picked him up in a couple of them or plan to pick him up in the ones before tomorrow's game. And, you know, Chelsea and I were just talking about it yesterday, and we're talking about Jimmy Graham mm. catching the ball from Aaron Rodgers. You tell me that five years ago, and that's uh, that is an elite situation. But we're still looking at number six, which I think is a good placement for it. But I wanted to be I was curious as to your two guys' thoughts on what kind of relationship we might expect from the perennial uh, amazing player, Jimmy Graham, but who has cooled off in the last couple of years. And also now with this new system dealing with Matt LaFleur um, and all the different dynamics going into the Green Bay offense. Well, I'll, I'll start off, Travis, and I'll say that this is how bad the tight end landscape has gotten is that Jimmy Graham is the number six ranked uh, consensus tight end for us. But I have him ranked uh, or scouted out for six targets, uh, three receptions for 42 yards. So not a whole lot with the upside to get a touchdown. I think that he will have uh, an opportunity to score a touchdown in this game. Uh, listen, this is the first Monday night game. You know, we're, we'll talk more in depth about it because I know we have a, a couple other players that are in question here. But I, I think that Jimmy Graham will be an important part to this offense, especially if they're not going to run a ton of three wide receiver sets. Look for Jimmy Graham to be a blocking tight end at first and then and then roll out. Uh, but again, yeah, it is. You know, when you look at the major rankings, you're kind of shocked there a little bit. But. The tight end landscape, guys, is is not anything you know too gorgeous, and so. Uh, but I like Jimmy Graham's upside certainly in this game. Yeah, Johnny talks a little bit about the touchdowns here and says like maybe he doesn't have that uh, you know ability. I mean, we saw a guy only score two touchdowns last year, but we also saw Aaron Rodgers' career low in touchdown rate last year, and he only tossed twenty five scores. So. Where does that positive regression come in? Jimmy Graham's a perfect candidate. You look at Matt LaFleur's system, What he he's from that Shanahan tree, way more than he is the McVay tree, which runs a lot of 11 personnel, three wide receivers. Shanahan, on the other hand, love to run 12 personnel, two running backs, two tight ends, and I think that's what's going to happen here. And We're going to see a decent year from Jimmy Graham, and I think it starts with a big night from Aaron Rodgers and a potentially big night from Jimmy Graham. Right on. I like those comments on those ones. Moving over to the other one, number 12, tight end Jack Doyle. Tight end for the Indianapolis Colts. New quarterback now over there with Jacoby Brissett. I saw Jack Doyle here, and the main reason I brought this one up was because there are two tight ends over there who have had 
moments of uh, being very efficient, doing really good things for your fantasy team. The other one over there, obviously, being Eric Ebron, one of the surprise tight ends from last season. And I saw him down in the 30s, I think, or, or, or deeper in the 20s, really in a relevant ranking that you had over there for Eric Ebron. And Jack Doyle, you have him here finishing the week as a tight end one, uh, technically. So I wanted to talk a little bit about what uh, we might expect from these two tight ends with a, a new, new quarterback over there in Indianapolis and why Jack Doyle is the preferred option over Eric Year, uh, significantly ahead of Jack Doyle. Yeah, I think you said that the ranking may have surprised you a little bit, but it should be no surprise to Whisper Nation if they've been listening to us that Eric Ebron was set for regression here, especially when you look at his snaps with Jack Doyle on the field where Doyle outsnapped him, out-targeted him, and it frankly outperformed him in those instances. But I think the key point for me here, Johnny, is that in 2017 with Jacoby Brissett, Jack Toyle was targeted 102 times and was the tight end seven on the year. And so yeah. I th think if you're going to make your bet about who, I mean, listen, we talk about it all the time. Connections between a pass catcher and the passer are huge. And I think Doyle stands to be the beneficiary of the Brissett chain. Opportunity is there more so for Doyle than it is for Ebron. From here. I'm right, going right. to put my chips on that. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Anything to add with that, Johnny? Nope, I think Big Travi summed it up just nicely. Right on. Okay, so we're moving on here to quarterbacks. Uh, the number one ranked quarterback on the week. Yeah, baby. Aaron Rodgers as a shareholder. I Aaron love to see that as an Aaron Rodgers owner in a couple of leagues. I like that as well. But Travis, week one against the Bears. I know yeah. he loves Bear Meat. Give it he to does. me. Mm -mm. Give serve it, to it up me. with some of that Mac yeah. attack on the side. We will ground you up and serve you like a condiment, mister. Yeah. No <laughs> Bears were harmed in the filming of this podcast. But they will be tomorrow. Oh. Watch out. Get body, get body. Wow. So, get triggered. Note, Aaron Rodgers, number one. Love to see it, but I had to pause and say I'm not pinching myself over here. Sure. How do you feel so confidently landing A-Rod, number one, week one, against the Bears, whose defense was also ranked the number one defense coming into the start of the season? Well, uh, let me start on the other side here because I know, you know, speaking of triggered, Adam Rank was all over our Instagram today taking, taking shots at our rankings because – Obviously, he is a known Bears fan. And I actually got a lot of heat through Instagram on these rankings based on where we have Aaron Rodgers. Look, last year in week 15 against the Bears, it was a no-show for Aaron Rodgers. He was clobbered. But if we go back to week one in the bright lights under prime time, Aaron Rodgers came out on one leg in the second half, threw for three touchdowns, and annihilated the Bears in that Khalil Mack-led defense. My knee! So yeah. this is what is more likely to happen for Aaron Rodgers, who has a 67% completion percentage career against the Bears. He's gained 4,882 passing yards and thrown for 45 touchdowns to only nine interceptions against Chicago in his career. And this is, this is what we can count on. Death, taxes, and Aaron Rodgers shredding the Bears. And I love Aaron Rodgers going in the 100th year anniversary against the Bears with the oldest rivalry on prime time after spending an entire offseason getting told that he's uncoachable, he's not that good, he's, he's, he's aging, and he's underrated. What happens when you talk crap on Aaron Rodgers? He goes out and shuts you up. So I, I'll put all my chips in on the table for Aaron Rodgers here, and I have no qualms about it. God, I'm so excited right now. Not only that, <laughs> but then you also look at, yes, I understand the Bears defense was really, really good last year. But we've seen it time and time. Look, their their uh, defensive coordinator is now in Denver. 
They have a new defensive coordinator in there. He could run things a little bit differently. Also, it hasn't there hasn't been back-to-back top defenses in back-to-back years in fantasy football in in over in like 10 years. So you have those two things and it's the first first game of football, of actual football that counts. You don't think that there's going to be, you know, nervous butterflies and everything. They're going to mess up a few times. They're not going to be in the best shape. They haven't played a full game. So mistakes can happen. And I I think that Aaron Rodgers is more than capable to be the number one quarterback at the end of this week. Yeah, I mean, that, I'm glad you made that point, Johnny, because here's the thing about the Bears. Like, they also lost some players on defense. So, and what they were doing last year was somewhat historical as far as numbers-wise as a defense. So they could easily take a step back here. Mm-hmm. And I think t- people have just been so pounded with how good they were last year, recency bias. I think that's the that's part of the case here. I love that one. The next quarterback I wanted to highlight a little bit was quarterback number one off the board in the overall NFL draft, Kyler Murray, quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. Johnny, what are your opinions here on ranking him at number four as a guy we've never seen actually take an NFL snap yet? All right. So this is basically, you know, there's not a lot of stats that can back up, you know, why I have him ranked so high other than what 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 we know. And that's going to be we know that this offense is going to run the or run a ton of plays. They're going to go no huddle up tempo. So what does that translate to? You get more plays, you get more opportunities. I have them projected about 74 plays at home. They want to run close to 80. I don't think that's logical or do I don't think that's going to happen, but I think 74 is definitely in the realm of possibilities. Now that you have more opportunities, you talk about, but that all offensive line is trash, Johnny. Well, it might be bad. I don't think it's trash. It's bad, but that will just translate into more scrambles for Kyler Murray. And yes, he might not break uh, every single one for 50 yards, but I don't even have him slated at that man. I have him rushing five times. Uh, so it's not like I have him, you know, for 27 yards. This is the thing. When you start scrambling out or you start doing play action, what ends up happening is the defense ends up drawing in. And then as you start to scramble and those corners sink in, that's the long bomb. And that's why I have a lot of people are going to question why is Christian Kirk so high on my rankings. I expect him to catch one of those long bombs for a touchdown and that will make your fantasy day right there. So I think, you know, I don't have anything egregious. Kyler Murray, 277 uh, passing yards a touchdown and an interception along with the scramble, uh, the the running play. So I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibilities, and I don't think it's stretched that Kyler Murray is ranked number four. Yeah, and I think a lot of what's happening here is, oh, my God, he had a bad preseason. He's a rookie. Oh, you know, we're getting a lot of that noise right now. We've heard multiple reports that they were intentionally vanilla on offense in order mm-hmm. to disguise this. And what have we seen when new offensive hit the NFL? More times than not, they take the league by storm, at least for a few weeks. And I think Detroit is not some slobber knocker like defense you're worried about every year. That defensive line did get better. Not a slobber knocker. But to Johnny's (laughs) point, I came out of old old school WWF talker. um, um, To Johnny's point there, the defensive line overcoming the offensive line could only help Kyler Murray's floor. In that scramble rate, we said, and we it's been stated many times, that he is one of the better running running prospects at quarterback. 
since Michael Vick. Right. So why are we trying to sit here and say that a depleted offensive line couldn't just help him as much as it hurts him? His floor is At extremely for high. fantasy purposes. A dude who can whip a 60-yard throw with that quick and arm movement yeah. or run a four, three forty at the same time. Yeah. Um, I don't care if he's four foot 10, if you can do those <laughs> things, um, watch out. Well, kind of, but I don't know. We'll see, you know, <laughs> anyway, so moving on, we're going to talk about the receivers now. And we heard this name mentioned by Johnny. We're going to kick it over to Travis first to start off this conversation. It's about the potential wide receiver one, but not week one wide receiver one for the Arizona Cardinals. That's Christian Kirk. You all have him ranked number nine on your wide receiver rankings. And I'd love to hear Travis crack in a little bit and feeding off of that Kyler Murray situation over there in Arizona. Yeah, listen, it, had we were had we been able to do our bromance episode like we wanted to, Whisper Nation, you would have known that Christian Kirk would have fallen on either Johnny's or my side of the aisle here as a wide receiver for bromance because we expect big things out of Christian Kirk. It's no secret that we think that he's going to make that step. And it's because he's got to be chomping at the bit here to get back on the field. 43 catches for 590 yards. That's 13.7 yards per reception and only three touchdowns, but three touchdowns in 12 games on that terrible Cardinals offense last year with God knows Josh Rosen throwing you the football as so a this, rookie. This guy balled out as a rookie with a terrible quarterback, terrible play calling. And now he's going to get into a system that he's played in before with a quarterback maybe only in practice, but has played with before and has some chemistry. And I think it could start as easily as right here in week one. And if you believe in a guy, I'm a firm believer of planting that flag and saying it's got to start from the get-go. And if there's any time to bet on Christian Kirk and Kyler Murray, it's at the beginning when the NFL hasn't seen this offense yet. All right. What do you have to add to that, Johnny? Um, yeah, so they're they're just projecting uh, Darius Slay to cover Christian Kirk, which if Christian Kirk is on the outside, then yes, he will be covered by Slay. But again, those same scramble things uh, tend to happen on broken plays. That's where I, I do think that he'll get some yardage. But I also think they will line him up in the slot and Darius Slay won't follow him into the slot. He doesn't do so very often. He only does that about 17%. He covers the slot last year, uh, whereas 55% he covered the left, uh, left side of the field. So uh, they will move Christian Kirk around. They know he's a dynamic weapon. So I think that Christian Kirk uh, won't be, you know, it won't be man coverage uh, or shadow coverage by Darius Slay. Great points there. One thing I just want to throw in there to build off of what Travis was talking about is I do think you could expect to see a Christian Kirk, Kyler Murray uh, chemistry hookup right away. I'd be shocked, however, if by the second half of the season, we didn't see Christian Kirk have a solidified relationship with Kyler Murray yeah. over there and to be able to rely on Christian Kirk heavily week in week out starting him in your lineup we see a lot of younger wide receivers or wide receivers who are new to a team take a little bit of time but the second half numbers for younger wide receivers across the board you see him improve as the season goes on and christian kirk is a prime candidate i think to have an amazing year yeah and, and i don't think that's a slight just to build on that point a little bit i don't think it's a slight to larry fitzgerald who i think is yeah. going to be a fine play in fantasy this year too it's a kind of a poor man's in my opinion uh, Houston Texans, where we saw Deshaun Watson come in mm. and we saw DeAndre still be fruitful for that offense. But then Watson had this special connection with Will Fuller. Yeah. And so, yes, we kind of see when that chemistry hooks up, really the fireworks can happen. And I'm expecting that and maybe more 
uh, for Christian Kirk. I know they're not allowed in Arizona, but expect fireworks. I'm going to see a bunch of them. Yeah. Moving on here, the number 13 wide receiver on your list was last year's wide receiver one, Tyreek Hill. I understand potentially the 13th rank outside of the wide receiver one camp because of that shadow coverage that we're expecting over there from Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the banter those two had going back and forth when Jalen Ramsey said, yes, Tyreek Hill, you are an all pro kick returner. Yeah, yeah. special teams player. But then Tyreek Hill went ahead and balled out with a wide receiver and made it as an all pro wide receiver. So do yeah. you think how do you how do you see this dynamic breaking down? Why do you have him outside of the wide receiver one category? We'll start over there with Johnny. What do you think? I just think that Ramsey is going to be so much more motivated than he was last year. Now, I get it. Ramsey is a very confident player, but he is in a contract year. He's already said, hey, you better go bring the whole entire bank because that's what I'm going to ask for. So I think that he is in order to get that he's got to prove it and uh and i think he's going to do that starting this week i think this entire jags defense is going to return to form that we saw at least partial form of what we saw a few years ago and so i think you know and then you look at tyreek hill what he did last year he Yes, he had some very, very big explosive weeks, but he also disappeared on on few weeks as well. So uh, I think that this week he will be locked up the majority of the time. I'm not saying he won't catch any passes. I, I just think that he'll be, you know, uh, on a short leash uh, because I think Ramsey will be right there with him. Yeah, and I think to Johnny's point, when we talk about, you know, what's possible in this matchup, yes, did Tyreek ball out? Yes, but did Jalen Ramsey kind of back up his talk against Tyreek last year? Yeah, he did. There were no touchdowns scored for Tyreek in that game when they matched up last year. And if you really look at the regression that should be happening for the Chiefs, if everybody in the industry believes regression is coming for the Chiefs across the board, well, Tyreek Hill had a career touchdown rate of 13%. And so if Mahomes is going to decrease, it's going to be in the touchdown department, and that could be – something that hurts Tyreek more than anything. And and we kind of maybe already saw it last year because in the last seven weeks of the year, uh, including those two playoff games, Tyreek didn't score a single receiving touchdown. And so I think that there's a case to be made here that Tyreek could start a little slow. I could be wrong within four weeks that he could start (laughs) fast. I, I, what I think to happen here on the whole, on the year as the whole is that Tyreek Hill maybe takes a back seat and against Jalen Ramsey. I mean, there's, I understand. We always know about the possibility of Tyreek Hill. You could have a zero point game. And in a matter of a few seconds, you now have 14 points Mm -hmm. after an 80 yard touchdown pass like that. Yeah, good. Could you could. All right. Last wide receiver that we're going to be talking about right now is your number 34 ranking. This is right there knocking on the door of a wide receiver three, maybe in your flex over there. That's Alshon Jeffrey, wide receiver one for the Philadelphia Eagles playing against uh, the Washington Redskins uh, with Josh Norman over there, potentially shadow covering him as well. We heard about uh, Big Travi, Alshon Jeffrey, number 34. What went into putting him at that spot? So it was a little bit of the Josh Norman coverage, although you could look at the matchup last year and say, well, you know, Alshon Jeffrey had 40 yards and a touchdown, kind of a typical Alshon Jeffrey career game, uh, mm-hmm. you know, sub 75 yards and a touchdown. But I think more for me is that I think this game could get ugly fast. And I think Washington could get put away real quick. And Alshon Jeffrey just doesn't have room to grow because there's so many weapons in this Eagles offense. And so when I was doing the rankings here for Alshon Jeffrey, 
That's kind of what I thought in mind. Game script wise, he is not foolproof in this offense, mm-hmm. especially with the plethora of weapons they have over there. So that's just kind of how I was leaning this week with Alshon Jeffrey. Gotcha. What do you think, Johnny? Yeah, and I mean their over under is right now in Vegas is forty six and a half. Uh, Eagles are uh, minus eight and a half, so they're a favorite. So I do project this to be a more run heavy, like Travis said. I think that they'll get out and then they'll end up, you know, kind of sitting on the ball a little bit more. Paired that with the Josh Norman, and and that's why he's a little bit lower in my rankings. Got it. Yeah, another feast or famine kind of situation we expect from Alshon Jeffrey a lot of weeks. Yeah. Um, moving over now to the running backs. Start off with your number 15 pick, running back Duke Johnson for the Houston Texans playing against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, we have him number 15. My main reason for bringing him up here was how do we make sense of what's going on over there in Houston mm. right now? Uh, we have D- Duke Johnson, it. who just came over, who's perennially been like a third down back. Um, now he's in a role that we don't really know after Lamar Miller went down, and they also traded for Carlos Hyde. How do you work all that out? What are you expecting? What should we be aware of moving that? Uh, Johnny, what do you think? So kind of touching too, Travis, you talked in the beginning of the show about, you know, what's the benefit of drafting early? Well, if you had the benefit of drafting early, you probably grabbed Deshaun Watson a lot later than he would be going today because Deshaun Watson just got a left tackle and Laramie Tunzel, which this significantly improves that offensive line. I mean, sky is the limit. Now we've, we've seen a glimpse of what this guy can do given some time Deshaun Watson. So now that you have that left tackle, which also helps in this run game. Uh, and so, you know, you talk about Carlos Hyde, but Carlos Hyde just just got to ten uh, to the Texans. I know Duke Johnson, you know, has also just got there, but he has a couple of weeks on him, and I and I definitely see them, you know, using Duke Johnson quite a lot. You know, Alfred Blue. Let's remember, Alfred Blue got twenty touches in a game last year, and for forty six yards. So Alfred Blue didn't do anything, and I think that Duke Johnson can get you know twenty touches out you know total in this game, and so I, I like that against the New Orleans Saints, which should be a shootout. Love this one. Anything to add to that, Travis? Well, I'm having trouble with my mic over here, yeah. but I'm trying to work through it. Uh, no, I I agree a lot with Johnny. I think you know the over under here is fifty two and a half points. I think there's a lot of room for uh duke johnson to get a lot of balls here like catch a lot of them and like what are we talking about carlos Hyde? as if carlos Hyde is some gangbuster that's going to come steal the show here from duke johnson who at least at this point has tenure on carlos Hyde. (laughs) and so (laughs) as short as that may be um we've kind of seen the texans do their own kansas city chiefs impression here as far as the wheel that keeps turning in this running back situation um, but I really like Duke Johnson. He gets a lot of flack for not being a workhorse, even though at Miami he was a workhorse back, even though when the Browns drafted him, they wanted him to be there. You know, Le'Veon Bell, he's not Le'Veon Bell, obviously, but they wanted him in that role uh, initially when he was drafted. Obviously, GMs get fired and things change. But I think that there's a, probably a lot in the tank, and, and I think Duke Johnson's going to surprise a lot of people this year. He has the opportunity to this year, no doubt. I'm excited to see that storyline, how it plays out both for him and the Texans. Uh, moving on now to our second-to-last running back is, well, second-to-last running back we're talking about right now, is your number 26 uh, running back, Matt Breda. Yes. The te- technical lead running back for the San Francisco 49ers. My main point with bringing him up here was similar to the Duke Johnson. And how are we making sense of the San Francisco backfield over there? Um, they've got Matt Breda. They've got Tevin Coleman. We know that McKinnick just went down, but they seem to be pulling guys out of 
parking lot for this when they need to. Um, how do you feel about the recent news and what can we expect over there in San Francisco with the running backs? Uh, I just, here's the thing. Every year this will happen to you. You have a stance, you, you plant your flag, you, you beat your chest hard about a certain guy. And then something comes out and smacks you in the face either week one, or in this case, right before week one. And look, I love Tevin Coleman. I loved his outlook. I love the fact that San Francisco went out and got him. I love the history with Kyle Shanahan. And yet here we are sitting at week one and Matt Breda was named the starter with no inclination of such as we watched the off season. Yes, he had some puff pieces. I I have my doubts still that Matt Breda, one, can finish a year because, yes, I know last year he played through a ton of injuries, but that doesn't seem sustainable to me. And then, two, I think that he will actually be used a little bit more as the change of pace pass catcher here. He's flashed some really good hands for them. And I think Coleman is the bigger back that's going to get more touchdown work, in my opinion. And I think by the end of the year, you're going to be sitting here with a more useful fantasy season out of Tevin Coleman. But make no doubt, uh, make no mistake, Breda does have upside. And if something were to happen to Coleman, Breda could be in line for, you know, RB 15 plus numbers. But at the same time, reverse for, sure. for Tevin Coleman. Yeah. And I mean, they're against Tampa Bay. That defense is bad. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. Like Travis was saying, a lot of people get hung up on who the starter is and who is the, takes the first snap. But I would guarantee that tomorrow night, David Montgomery will not be the first bear to touch the ball. It's, you know, and everyone's going to freak out and, Oh, I drafted Dave Montgomery in the third. And like, Oh, why would I do that for relax? Okay. It's all about the total touches. It doesn't matter if a guy gets the, the ball first or second. It matters the total amount of touches. And I think that, uh, uh, that Coleman is going to have a very nice game in this because I think it's going to be a shootout. But I also think Burrito will be fine. Like, this is a flex play, which is exactly what he should be. While you are, while I do agree with you there that just who gets the first snap doesn't guarantee this is going to be the lead back, I don't think you can ignore these kinds of things. And the point of reference I want to bring, because you brought up Peyton Manning and when he went on that crazy run a few years back, starting off against the Packers, in that game, there was three running backs for the Denver Broncos that people were drafting. Those were Monty Ball, Ronnie Hillman, and no one even really thought about no Sean Moreno. No Sean Moreno, though, came out of that game. The week one starter, they had his face talking. No Sean Moreno, University of wherever I'm from. And he uh, led the team in snaps the rest of the year. It was totally unexpected. Yeah, Monty Ball, Ronnie Hillman, and No Sean Moreno. And No Sean Moreno was an RB1 that year and shocked everybody coming out as the starter. That had a lot to do with his pass blocking abilities um, and that he was just an overall, uh, didn't make as many mistakes. So, here, but I hear you on that though. one. Here's the difference, though. Uh, Tevin Coleman, we've seen it. Monte Ball at that time, we had never seen what he could be. We all just thought because he was, you know, hype coming out of college. Tevin Coleman has been in the system before. He was an RB2. He was RB19 on the year during Shanahan's season there. So, and let's remember, too, this guy drafted him. Like, Kyle Shanahan drafted Tevin Coleman, named him the starter, and it was because of Royce Freeman, or uh, sorry, uh, Devonta. Devonta Freeman, that he stole the job away. So I'm not, you know, I like both of them. You can start both of them. I'm just saying, don't. Especially re- in this game. Yeah. I mean, that game's going to be. It's going to be a shootout. Yeah. Moving on here, last of the running backs, Marlon Mack, number 27. Wanted to just hear your thoughts on, obviously, a pick who has been dropping quickly after the Andrew Luck news came down. Still supposed to be the featured back over there. 
how do you think that this works out? Um, you have him in that lower end uh, RB2, RB3 status. What do you think, Johnny? Uh, yeah, so it just, it just comes down to this matchup for me. And, you know, if I'm still unsure if they're going to only use Marlon Mack in this, you know, as a three down back, or if they are going to bring in, you know, uh, other running backs uh, out of the out of the backfield there. Um, We have seen Marlon Mack catch and, and be that three down back in the preseason, which is what got us all excited. But then with the upside also is gone with the Andrew Luck, a big part of why, you know, Marlon Mack was so attractive was because they were projected to be in the red zone a lot. And when they're in the red zone, they like to get the ball to Marlon Mack. Now, I'm not saying that Kobe Brissett can't get down to the red zone. I just don't think they'll be there as often. I don't think they'll have as many opportunities. And so, you know, you know me, I love to talk about opportunities. And so if you have less opportunities, uh, you have, you know, less chances to, to do something with them. I hear that. Travis, does this have anything to do with that matchup against the Chargers? That was weighing in on it for you heavily as well. Yeah, a little bit to what Johnny was saying, too. Like, had you had asked me last week, you know, or a couple of weeks ago prior to the Andrew Luck retirement, Marlon Mack was one of my favorite players coming into this year. And that's because he was never going to be out of game script. He was going to be game script proof with Andrew Luck on the field. That is not the case anymore. And you're looking at a matchup against the Chargers who are stout on defense. They only allowed 11 rushing touchdowns. That was in the back half of the league last year as far as uh, defenses allowed. 11 rushing touchdowns in all of 2018. And I think they may have gotten even better on defense. And so if they get out of hand and, and Indy can't keep up, Against the Chargers, I could see Naheem Hines playing a bigger role in this game towards the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Got it. Last running back here before we move on to the defense. And uh, that's it. The defense is <laughs> um, so three more here. We've got Royce Freeman, the number 28 back against the Oakland Raiders, one spot behind Marlon Mack. And I think the reason that I wanted to talk about this one here was Marlon Mack isn't really in a contested situation. Uh, we know that Marlon Mack might be getting less goal line work, third down work, things of that nature. We know the offense might not be as proficient with Jacoby. Um, however, he is only one spot ahead, basically neck and neck with Royce Freeman, a guy who doesn't project to start anywhere in that offense right now, except maybe for those goal line snags. And I wanted to hear about what's your projections and hopes um, and justifications for Royce Freeman being right there against the Raiders this week. Grabby. So for me, you, you did talk about it. He's not named the starter. He is in a 50-50 split. He's liking coming in behind uh, Lindsay, in, or he's coming in ahead of Lindsay in our rankings, though, because of Lindsay's relationship with this offense. We project it to be, or at least I project it to be, a situation where Lindsay is going to be the pass catcher for them. Freeman is going to be your touchdown banger guy for this offense. Mm-hmm. And I think that gives Freeman the better shot to make up that gap with Marlon Mack, especially when you look at Marlon Mack playing against the Chargers and Royce Freeman playing against the Raiders here. Got it. And so if we're getting in a game of defensive battle, running it out, the, the style of guy you want to go with, uh, in my opinion, not just in week one, but across this year, will be Royce Freeman based on where you could get him in drafts and based on the role he'll play in this offense. Got it. What do you got to add to that game time? Yeah, I just, <clears throat> for me, I think that you could be confident that these both of these guys could be nice little flex plays. I know that you possibly didn't draft Marlon Mack to be that, but unfortunately with circumstances the way they are and the difficult matchup, I, I think that, you know, 
you have to just say he's a flex play at this point. But as far as Royce Freeman, I agree with Travis. I think he will get the low line work, and that's where the major part comes in. Uh, and the thing is, is Royce Freeman can't catch out of that backfield. Uh, he just didn't do a lot of it last year. Uh, in fact, I believe if I needed to check my stats, but I think he was pretty close to actually uh, Phil Lindsay in reception. So, um, you know, he can be he can hurt you in that area of the field as well. Uh, so really looking forward to seeing how that Denver backfield ends up shaking up. I know how many times we snag Royce Freeman in the show, oh, man. Loved it. We'll yeah, see how yeah. those ones pan out moving forward. All right. That closes out the running backs. We're going to talk about a couple of defenses here to wrap up the episode. One of the rankings episode here, um, the number one defense on your list, the Baltimore Ravens against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I like that one there. It makes sense against going against Miami, but Fitzpatrick has shown, especially early in the season to potentially, uh, shine a little bit um fitz magic has come out earlier in the year um what do you think about that uh for me uh johnny this is a this is a no-brainer right there's a perennial yeah. defensive powerhouse for baltimore comes in every year harbaugh's got him playing hard every year on defense goes to the south beach to play a dolphin squad who has reportedly been tanking and that was even before they traded away laramie tunsil and traded away kenny stills um, they've got a 36-year-old Ryan Fitzpatrick coming to town as quarterback. And behind him, if for some reason Fitzpatrick were to get hurt. 16-year-old Josh Rosen. Yes, <laughs> you got 12-year-old hot tub loving Josh Rosen. So I just think that this is you know, a no-brainer streamer or not streamer uh, year long. And, and would anybody be surprised if Baltimore was this year's Chicago or last year or, la- or the year or – the year before's um, Jacksonville, uh, Jacksonville. Like if you're looking at it, you'd be like, okay, that makes a lot of. Uh, so I think that's that's the case here. Is Baltimore is going to come out firing, and week one against Miami, sign me up, Johnny. Anything to add to the defense I drafted in our league of record? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I like that. That they're definitely my number one option for this weekend. I think we should go to the number two one that you picked out here. <laughs> I bet you do, but we're going to jump over here. Oh, sorry. No, I did it. I did. I did eight. Number 18. The second and final team that we're going to be talking about here is the Jacksonville Jaguars a team that in the dynasty whispers league, I also grabbed. Um, and then I was very disappointed to see that they were playing the Kansas city chiefs in week yeah. one. Um, I am not a believer that defenses need to be able to stifle out opposition in terms of scoring and them to make plays. The Rams defense last year was fantastic, not because they shut every team out, but because they generated plays on defense, such as fumbles, interceptions, sacks, um, lead to sack fumbles, those kinds of things. So the Jaguars have a lot of playmakers over there, but they do have the probable toughest matchup in the league there. Mm -hmm. They're ranked number 18, but they are a star-studded defense. What do you have to throw in there? Johnny, first one to you. Well, here's the thing. If If you draft a Jacksonville, this isn't the ideal matchup. But if you're in just a regular redraft league, your chances are you're not going to carry two defenses. So you're just going to roll them. And like you said, you have that upside of a pick six, of a, a sack fumble. They got they have a really good D-line. They We just talked about Ramsey on the outside. They've got a really good safety, the good good linebackers. This is a good defense. So uh, the I like their chances to you know generate a couple of turnovers. And, and, and then you never know what can happen from there. So you're going to roll with Jacksonville. Again, not the best matchup week one but you'll be fine 
You'll be fine. I'm not. I'm not rolling it to, with Jacksonville, I'm, and I'm not. I'm doing. I'm it. not suggesting that anybody do it. I'm Listen, doing last it. year they got five points against Mahomes, and he didn't score any touchdowns. He just threw for 424 yards. This game has the second highest over under in Vegas at 52 and a half, and. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a barn burner. You want a whisper wager? I will say they will get. Oh, over first five. of the year. First of the year, I will say. I will say Jacksonville gets over. Well, no, five fantasy points. I, I just want. I want them at their ranking. I, I ranked. We ranked them at 18. I'll take them right there at 18. You okay. say they're going to be better than anything 18? higher than 18. I'll, I'll sure. Yes. Why not? Deal. All right. Put it on the board you heard it here first. All right, so that's it. We wrapped it up. We went through all of our rankings, or at least the ones Austin really wanted to point out for Whisper Nation. Austin, did you come away with any final thoughts here, something you want to impart on us, or anything uh, you know, you're looking forward to for week one? This is the, week one, as we say, if you're not overreacting, are you even reacting? This is the most exciting time, but uh, hold your horses, yeah. as they say, <laughs> for some of these ones. It's going to be a lot of fun. But Austin weird says that with gonna the mustache, happen. and it just did hold something your horses, for me. man. I could feel my father. Tur- I'm turning into him as we always do. Right? <laughs> oh, um, yeah. So I'm just really excited to see what these week ones are. I'd say enjoy it. Just don't get too excited about what you see in here. Yeah. Meaning. Um, these we, we are not writing the the week one outcomes in stone if you will right. yeah brad evans of yahoo uh sports uh yahoo fantasy football said something his rule of thumb is three weeks wait three weeks obviously even more so now in the last five years we've seen how when news comes out oh my god you know mike evans mike evans is hurt he had cramps like yeah. like let's just calm down for a second with what we think but do you know, fo- take, do take follow the- us on Instagram because we will be posting <laughs> those uh, to keep you. Yes, updated. for sure. <laughs> you want to be in taking the news. You just don't want to act as fast as you're taking it in. You're over here at the Fantasy Whispers are going to get the best information available with the information available at the time when it's being said. Something like that in those wow. words over That's here. That's great. So um, you just convinced me. Yeah, I wasn't even. I wasn't even subscribed until I heard that. Yeah. Uh, well, anyways, Whisper Nation, we want to know what you think about our rankings, about week one, about guys you're stuck on or you're t- uh, tinkering between. Comment in the comments below. And of course, if you're listening to this before Sunday at 9 a.m., we will be going live to be discussing your lineups, whether on that's YouTube, on YouTube, on YouTube, Facebook and or Instagram, YouTube and Instagram, YouTube and Instagram. My boss just YouTube told me. So we are we Instagram. are ready to rock and roll. Yeah, this is week one. We're in full fledged uh, effort here and we can't wait. Thank you, Whisper Nation for Johnny Game Time Hicks and Austin Sear. I'm Big Travi and we're out. Yeah. Peace. Peace. <laughs> Go check our Patreon. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisperers.